what are they thinking? Why would they do something like that? Wouldn't it be nice to know what's going on on the inside of someone's head and understand just why they do the things that drive you crazy? You're in luck. Welcome to my series on how to get along with people based on their Enneagram type, my favorite personality test that is so incredibly spot on. It's going to blow your mind. I share with you literally how to get along with each type and even interview someone from each type so you can get the tea straight from the source. Welcome to Create Your Fate. If you have been coasting through life but are ready to make small conscious changes to step out of fear and into living your best life ever, this show is for you. Who am I? I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis, here to help retrain old self-limiting beliefs into a positive mindset so you can confidently become the person who you want to be by first understanding who you already are. How? By using the law of attraction in my favorite personality test, the Enneagram. And I'll even teach you some mind tricks along the way. Ultimately, I guide you to stop thinking about what you don't want and instead focus on what you do want. You can create your best life ever, and it begins with your mind. Are you ready? It's time to create your fate. All right, let's get into the mind of an Enneagram 7 so we can understand what's going on in there. Honestly, I decided to do this series because I kept finding myself in conversations with people who were trying to understand their loved ones, and I would give advice based on their Enneagram type. And it seemed to really help. So I figured, hey, what better way to help everybody to be able to do this too than to dedicate a podcast series to it. So if you are new to the Enneagram, check out my mini episode 129 to learn all about the basics of an Enneagram 7, who is also known as the enthusiast. The core desire of a 7 is to be happy and fulfilled, and their core fear is to be trapped in pain. I'm going to be sharing some additional information on how to get along with Enneagram 7s that comes from one of my go-to sources, 9types.com, and then we'll hop right into my interview with an enthusiast. Okay, so 7s. I'm a 7. You might know this. 7s are typically optimistic, high-spirited, spontaneous. They are the enthusiasts and typically extroverted, playful, and energetic. How to get along with me? Give me companionship, affection, and freedom. Engage with me in stimulating conversation and laughter. Appreciate my grand visions and listen to my stories. Don't try and change my style. Accept me the way I am. Be responsible for yourself. I dislike clingy or needy people. Don't tell me what to do. What I like about being a seven. Being optimistic and not letting life's troubles get me down. Being spontaneous and free-spirited. Being outspoken and outrageous. It's part of the fun. Being generous and trying to make the world a better place. Having the guts to take risks and to try exciting adventures. Having such varied interests and abilities. What's hard about being a seven? Not enough time to do all the things that I want. Not completing things I start. Not being able to profit from the benefits that come from specializing. Not making a commitment to a career. Having a tendency to be ungrounded, getting lost in plans and fantasies. Feeling confined when I'm in a one-to-one relationship. Today, my best friend Elena joins me again to share what goes on in the mind of an Enneagram 7. 
I know. Who let two sevens be best friends? Elena is a Clemson Tiger and a world traveler. She loves SoulCycle and SolidCore and is currently in their program to become an instructor. Ready to dive into the mind of an enthusiast? Check it out. My beloved Enneagram 7 and my beloved best friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited that we get to do this together. You're back on my show. You've been on a couple times. And I feel like this is such a special episode for us because we're two best friends and two Enneagram 7s. And whoever let us out in the world together, I mean... <laughs> They've let us out a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Bad idea, right? No, it's a great idea. You know what they say, though? They say 7s always find each other. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think sense. it's because typically we're the most fun people in the room. Well, the truth is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's one of the biggest qualities about being an Enneagram 7 is being the classic, you know, fun person in the room. What's your experience been with that? Oh, my gosh. I went to a birthday party last night, okay? And I knew almost everybody there with the exception of one person who ended up being the manager of the dancer. There was a dancer at this party. Okay. But I knew like all these people, like my like childhood best friend was there at like one of my high school, like best friends parties. And then this girl that I was on swim team with, it's like, I find that I just have friends from all over or know people from all over different walks. And then they all seem to collide somehow at some place. So it's cool because you're in this experience of being able to, I don't know, have such a big network of people that you know. Yeah. And that's a fun thing for us, Evan. We'll, we'll get into that. I, I want to get into like why and how, how that actually can be detrimental. But let's talk about the fun part first, because that's what Seven's <laughs> like to do. Let's talk about the fun part. Yeah, we can just skip the not fun part. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll just skip that part. That would be so seven of us just to focus on just the fun part. That would be like how to get along with a seven. Okay, just talk about the fun parts. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about feelings. We're not talking about like things that hurt us. We're not talking about bad experiences. We're just talking about the fun just the good and the stuff. excitement. Like, it's that, like that one meme with the, the dog the cartoon and like the house is on fire. He's like, everything's fine. I'm fine. You know? <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> but let's talk about actually the great part about being a seven and having that big network of people. Why do you like having so many friends, which typically sevens do have so many friends? So I would say that sevens, like one of our fears is FOMO. And so with such a big network of all these different friends, Everybody has always got something different going on. So you usually have options. I love an option. Ooh, options are good. And then I always have something to do. Yeah. And I can't really relate to those people who don't, who like just want their downtime and just want to be by themselves or, you know, every now and then that's good. But for the most part, I want to be able to have an option. I want to be invited. And then I want to be able to say no, if it's not something that I want to do, but include, you know, like you're included. Right. Yeah. It feels good. FOMO is real. So anyone is a friend with a seven, just know that we experience deep FOMO, you know, and we want to be invited. However, it can be hard for us to say no sometimes. So you have this big circle of friends, you have this big network, there's always something to do. And right, the seven does not like to be trapped, right? We like to have a lot of freedom. So it's nice to have a big network of people like, oh, I can pick this, I can pick this, I can pick this. But... 
Talk to me about when you overcommit to too many things. Is it easy for you to do? How often do you find yourself doing that? Committing to too many things. I feel like it forces me into our one state. So then I have to go, you know, make a list. What's my priority? Where do I have to be? And then what are my options? And then if you overcommit and you just can't make it happen, that's where you have to have the hard conversations. And we don't like that. <laughs> no, like hard conversations. So it adds a little bit of stress for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That stress integration into the Enneagram one, which is very like, oh my God, I have to figure this out. I can't move forward. You know, that was it paralysis by analysis. They have to analyze everything, you know, state. Have you ever tried to accommodate everybody's plans and try to squeeze everything in? I definitely try to do it. And then, you know, I do get some of that little concern about hurting somebody's feelings, but I don't, I think our priority is definitely just making it to all of the events or whatever the yeah. need is. And what can happen is, and I know in my experience as a seven, it's been, you know, I used to, when I moved from Pennsylvania to Texas, anytime I would go back to Pennsylvania, you know, I had uh, this big network of friends, you know, because FOMO led me there. And and we're just friendly, right? We like to know things about people. And yeah. we'll get to that in a bit too. But I would be like, okay, friend, I can spend one hour with you here from nine to 10. I'm going to spend time with you. And then from like, 10 to 11, I'm going to spend time with you. And then like from 11 to one, I'm going to be here. And then I'm driving all over trying to accommodate every, everybody. Right. At one, I was always late. So if you're friends with a seven, they're, they actually don't like being late. They actually hate it. But hate it. they just yeah. hate it. But I'm going to say this to you. You don't have a problem with being late. You have a problem with saying no. Yeah, that's true. What speaks to you if I say that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. You know, I want to do all the things. I don't want to miss out. <laughs> I do not like being late, though. So it makes it like, I mean, here comes that like needing to get on that schedule and make sure I have time to get from here to here. And then it just gets stressful, you know. So it's awesome to have all that different plans and have something else going on and have friends all over the world. But then, yeah, I mean, in October, I couldn't come to Costa Rica. and that was really hard. Yeah. You see, it's like, oh, I just want to be there. And you yeah. just feel trapped in your own circumstance, right? Right. It's like, it's I made this decision. I made this commitment. And now I can't do this other thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. What does that feel like when you do miss out? I feel like that's the ugly side of being a seven because it lets the jealousy creep in. So you're like, well, that person gets to do this or why can't I do all of the things? And that for me is just a, a nasty feeling. I don't like feeling like that, but you know, it's definitely important to like rein yourself in, take a step back and be like, okay, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. But initially it's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> why can't I do that? <laughs> it's funny that you say it in that way because I read this thing on an Enneagram thing one time. It was like relating the Enneagram to the seven deadly sins and mm -hmm. something like that. And it was sevens was seven was related to gluttony because we want to mm. do more, more, more. So talk to me about what that more, 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 like more will make me happy. 
like more time with friends, more social events, more of everything. I mean, more travel, yeah, more energy, more energy, <laughs> more passion, <laughs> more passion. Also, um, sevens can go on the tangents and easily get distracted. So lots of pretty bird and squirrel in this podcast. And that is just, don't worry, we're always going to get back to the original conversation. But if you are in a conversation with a seven and they go off on a tangent, that is just how their mind works. You know, so so I do want to say something about that tangent because okay. I have so had now we're people gonna go further me. in the tangent. We will come back. But yeah, follow. Yeah, <laughs> I have had people tell me that I'm rude or not listening to them or whatever, but it has nothing to do with being rude or not interested in what they have to say. It's just that they say something that triggers me to get excited about something else, and that's a really crappy feeling too when somebody thinks or accuses you of being rude and you're not like, that's not the intention at all. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm excited for you. I'm adding to this conversation. Oh, and yeah. you think I'm taking away from it. Right. Yeah. And that is like a really hard part about being how we are. <laughs> and now I forget what we were originally talking about. <laughs> Overcommitting. I'll remember. But <laughs> so another thing Going along that line, we'll go further into this tangent before we go back. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, I can follow. Hopefully, all listeners <laughs> can follow. We will come back. Hey, I listener. We will come back. But honestly, this is how you get along with the Enneagram 7. You you entertain their train of thoughts. I know for me, it's just because we get so excited about the conversation. And oftentimes, because we're in that thinking triad, our mind often is in the future. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking like already two steps ahead. So I get excited about what is about to come in the conversation. It's not there yet. Yeah. So I actually find myself interrupting a lot. And that was yes, a thing that, yeah, like right there. No, I'm kidding. Are <laughs> <laughs> um, we having a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what it feels like. Right? That was a trap. Good job. You, you answered that exactly like an Enneagram 7. I just thought it was a conversation. I'm excited. And I'm pretty sure anybody who listens to this podcast is probably like, yeah, you interrupt your guests a lot. It's like you get so <laughs> excited. So tell me about like what that excitement feels like for you. Like, I just thought it was a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I remember being like this as a kid in school. Like I always was like, oh, I have something to add. And then, you know, you get to that point where you're like raising your hand and you're holding it up with the other one and then you forget. And then you're like sad about forgetting what you were going to add to that conversation. I mean, last night too, I was like, and, 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 and these other two people were having a conversation. I just really wanted to add my point. And Bobo, I'm missing out on this conversation. Yeah. It's like, it's the weirdest feeling because there is like such a high high from, you know, being able to contribute or adding something to a conversation or something you just get excited about. Like, I feel like we have a high level of excitement to be able to add something into somebody else's life to make them see that like shimmery, sparkly cloud that's floating up above us. Right. We love that. Oh, let's go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good silver lining. <laughs> it's like glittery and gold, let's be honest. But like for sure. When somebody else like doesn't let us get that in, we feel like left out or like we're not able to contribute to the conversation or yeah, it's just kind of like that's like our little hurt that I feel is like our little dagger. Yeah. And if you 
No, because our minds are so squirrel, pretty bird. Oh, now I'm thinking about something else that just triggered another thought based off of the next sentence that you said. I forgot my original thought because that's our mind kind of just immediately goes somewhere else. Right. And it's like, oh, if I don't interject and say this now, if I don't change the conversation right now, I'm going to forget it. Yeah. And that's like scary. (laughs) And maybe that's why sevens always find each other because it's like, you know how the things that you do yourself when somebody else does them to you they don't annoy you because right like when people interrupt me I don't get annoyed because I constantly interrupt other people and I say oh this is just how they're conversing so maybe that's why sevens always find each other because we can communicate in tangent central and be interrupted and not have someone be like oh you cut me off you know (laughs) I'm thinking two thoughts right now because of course my mind is already jumping to the next thing So one of them has to do with when I'm with other friends and like understanding the Enneagram, knowing your friend's Enneagram really helps you understand that communication. So if somebody understands that I'm a seven and I'm just getting excited about something, like it's not intentional. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I have some friends that are twos and they're always like, okay, thank you. Um, Now let's go back to so-and-so's conversation. And it's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And honestly, that adds a lot into a friendship because you have that like understanding about like why somebody acts the way they do and how they treat you that way. And I hope that my understanding, I hope that they have that as well so they can reciprocate that I'm not being rude. But then like the other thought that I had was when you and I are together, it's just like, it's nice because we're usually together for multiple days at a time, but then like one of us will interrupt the other one and we'll go off on this tangent. And then a couple of days later, I'll be like, Oh my God, I think I was trying to tell you this. So in a conversation, if I'm interrupting you, just know it's, I'm excited. It's not because I'm trying to cut you off. I have all intentions of coming back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just so excited for you. And that's something that can be very off-putting to people because uh, we can come in and bulldoze the conversation and also a thing with sevens is because you know typically we like to acknowledge the fun parts the exciting parts all the the basically the the emotions on the positive side of the scale right the eternal optimism and we'll get into avoiding negative feelings later but we don't like awkward silences so no. talk to me about how you <laughs> fill the gaps <laughs> oh my god it's really funny because Yeah. Awkward silences. It's taken me a long time to appreciate that it's okay (laughs) to like have some quiet more than when you're asleep. (laughs) But now I've started solid core coach training and I have to talk for 50 minutes and you would think it would be so much easier to fill some of those spaces. And instead it's like, Oh, so strong. Great job. It's so hard. (laughs) Even though that's a natural neck for you right <laughs> yeah you would, you exactly. would think it would come naturally but it's like oh wait but now you're probably overthinking it and it's like wait now what do I say right if I could just tell them a story I mean it'd be fine and the other day I fell <laughs> while I was coaching and added a lot of space filling <laughs> right they laughed at me. about a lot of things <laughs> I made them laugh and that felt good even though I was the one falling it's fine yeah. See, I mean, I think at sevens, we do like to be like that entertainer too. You yeah. know, it's like, I just want to keep it light, keep it positive. Ask you questions, tell you something funny. Yeah. Never like just 
I mean, yeah, because sometimes if it's just silent, you're just like looking at the other person or like not making eye contact. It's like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> it's awkward. What's next? What's next? Yeah. It's awkward because in that moment of the present moment, it's like, oh my God, what is like, what is next? And this is awkward, but that can also come across as you're not giving me any space to talk, especially if you're conversing with an Enneagram nine who typically takes a couple seconds to collect a thought. Mm -hmm. If you don't give that space, you know, we can just dominate the conversation and people are like, man, I didn't get a word in with this person, you know? Right. And then I feel like we realize that at the end of a conversation. And then you feel bad. And then you feel bad. <laughs> yeah. We do have feelings. <laughs> yes, we do. And it's not all, you know, sunshine and, and rainbows. It's something that we cover up, right? What's hard about being an Enneagram 7 is like, we do have feelings. It's not all about that optimism. You know, you said, yeah, you like your external optimism, but it can often basically, you know, cover up these feelings of sadness or loneliness or hurt. So right. talk to me about what that optimism looks like on the external versus what's going on on the inside. Yeah. I mean, so we always are trying to do fun things, make the best of a situation, be happy for other people, celebrate them, celebrate life, right? But sometimes like when it seems like things are going well for other people and maybe not as well for you, people just assume that you're happy or assume that you're like, it's all good. And I feel like we kind of bottle that up. And then all of a sudden it just comes out one day. It's like, you don't understand. Like I'm lonely or I've been dealing with X, Y, and Z, you know, like something that we don't want to talk about typically, but then it just comes out. So talk to me about wanting to avoid those negative feelings, you know, you pretend everything's okay on the outside, like, no, 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 like, I'm the fun friend, I'm the eternal optimist, like, everything's fine, right, going back to our favorite meeting, like, everything's mm -hmm. fine. But you, you still have these negative feelings. And just because sevens typically want to avoid them does not mean they go away. So you push them down, push them down, push them down. And eventually they have to come out. So what does that process typically look like for you? It comes out as like, I want to crawl in a hole. Like, so we always want to be doing something, right? I like when I get quiet and I back away, that's when the negative is there, right? Like that's when I'm upset. You're not going to hear from me or like, I'll be quiet. Like one word answers. It's kind of passive aggressive, but it doesn't take long. Then I come back, like give me a few minutes and then I'll be back, you know, but otherwise it's, it's heavy. It's like, it weighs like very heavy on us. I feel like we naturally just do not like to deal with those negative emotions. And sevens are in something called it's a harmonic group. It's the positive outlook group. It's like we have a positive outlook for everything. So right. talk to me about what it feels like if somebody, you know, you have this like idea and you're so excited about it. We love being excited. We love the beginning creative part, even if it never comes to fruition. Like that's our fun right. part right there. And somebody comes like, this is a terrible idea. It's never going to work. How do you take that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. What? Excuse me. Excuse me for living. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm just not going to tell you about my, I'm not going to tell you about what I'm interested in or what my idea is or anything like that. Something you said too, though, about feeling like negative emotions. 
do you feel like you get over like something negatively pretty quickly? Like you just kind of like you're there and then you swish it to the side and then it's like, okay, maybe you haven't totally cleaned it out, but you kind of just, we like to get over things quickly so we can go back to those highs. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> we we don't want a lot of things bother us too. Yeah. Because it's like, I want to just be up on this cloud. It's better up here. Right. I feel like it's interesting in a work context or like I managed this guy who was like, my wife's having an emotional day. And I'm just like, what? Get over <laughs> it. Get back on the hi- happy cloud. <laughs> yeah. Like just a couple of weeks ago, last week, you were he- with me and I was like in my emotions because I thought my dog was dying. And then I was like, oh, she's not. And I'm like, okay, this is great. Let's go do the fun things. <laughs> Rosé or champagne? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, going back to the original tangent, more and more and more, both. Yeah, we'll get all of it. (laughs) Well, and that can be with wanting to be back on that happy cloud. One thing that I used to do a lot is someone would express a problem to me, and sevens, we love to fix things because ultimately, I do want to avoid a confrontation because. A confrontation to me is being trapped in pain, which is is my Mm -hmm. core fear. So if somebody presents a problem to me, I thought the best thing to do is, well, let me just get them back up on this high, happy, glittery cloud, right? That'll make them feel better because it makes me feel better. Like, you know, right. So I would actually find myself dismissing other people's negative emotions because I didn't want to deal with it. And I would be like, well, at least this didn't happen or like, well, at least this, well, at least, you know, this good part happened. And what I realized I was doing was completely lacking empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been texting somebody and they told me they got bad news about a family member. And my immediate thought was, how can I get you back up on this cloud? Like, think about the good things. Like, can you do anything about this? No, you can't do anything about it. So what can we think about the positive outcomes? Are we going to focus on the negative or focus on the positive? Yeah. It's interesting because especially as a law of attraction coach, uh, you know, manifesting is all about positive energy. However, this could be actually a growth point for a seven because there's this fine line between everything is awesome. No, like I just want to get you back up to this high glittery, happy cloud. That doesn't actually mean that the negative feeling went away, right? Um, right? Just because you avoid it doesn't mean it goes right. away. So you actually, you know, I read this thing on Instagram the other day. It says something about like avoiding difficult conversations doesn't keep the peace. It actually yeah. keeps the tension, you know? For sure. So it doesn't mean just because you avoid it, it goes away. It actually means you hold it longer. And the longer you hold it, the thicker it gets, right? So a growth point for a seven is to come down and, and empathize and say, because yeah, there's negative emotions, but compassion is actually very high vibe. Mm-hmm. So having compassion for somebody and saying, wow, that sounds really hard. And that's a growth point for a seven. Cause it's like, no, I just want to like, you'll feel better if you're on this glittery cloud. Cause everybody loves like avoiding hard emotions but actually validating those feelings is super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was more, it wasn't like, I was like, okay, let's take you out of here. But it was like, I'm really sorry you're dealing with this. Can you do anything about it right now? No. Okay. 
So are there possibilities that he could be okay? Yeah. I think it's probably case by case. You have to gauge it, you know? Yeah. But one thing I realized that I had done as an Enneagram 7 is because we like to fix things. Because if I fix it now, I won't have to deal with a confrontation later because my mind's in the future because I'm in this thinking triad. So now I'm fixing things that don't actually even exist yet. You know, I used to find myself doing that often. And a friend of mine was like, stop doing that. That's hurtful. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm fixing all these problems. And she's like, they don't even exist yet. (laughs) You're like creating the problem. And I'm like, you're fixed. And you're fixed. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody gets fixed. Everybody's fixed. (laughs) Right. Because it's like, if everyone's fixed, if I fix it now, then I won't have to deal with a real problem. And if it comes up later, you know, which is actually thinking about technically speaking, from the law of attraction standpoint, it's actually creating a negative outcome because you're focused on the negative potential that could happen that hasn't yet. You yeah. Know? And I think going back into like our empathy and conversations and like recognizing that not every, you know, some people feel their feelings and that's the way they go. Coming back around the next day and following up with somebody, oh my God, how are you doing? Asking that, just asking that question can go really far. But like, once again, it's not something that we're like not trying to ask or not thinking about. We're just a million miles ahead thinking about other things. So people should know that about us. We care. We care a lot. Yeah, we do have deep feelings. Oftentimes they're not communicated. So because it's, there's just, I described my brain once as a crumbled up piece of paper with like scribbles written on it. And you have to like that. Those are my thoughts. And I have to like uncrumple the piece of paper and then decode all the scribbles. And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so because it's like so- this is this plane of this paper has one message on it. And then on the other side, that's another. So like when you flatten it out, it doesn't make any sense, but it's there. Right. And like there's just so much going on that I, I know I am not as thoughtful as I would like to be. It doesn't mean that I don't care. I'm always like, man, I wish I was more thoughtful. But I just forget to be thoughtful. So yeah, it's just, I think that's a, a big growth point for four sevens is to like, come down. It's okay if you don't, you don't have to fix things right away. Just be there. Oh, be I'm going to text that person really quickly. Thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Squirrel. I have to do this right now or else I'm going to forget. Right. Which goes on to what you said you liked about being an anagram seven, which is that like spontaneous and free spirited because this goes back to my original tangent that more, 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 more yeah. will make me happy. And so it can always seem like we're not satisfied with what we have because but I want more. If this much makes me happy, oh my God, I can be even happier if I had more of it. Yeah. And a lot of times people who are in relationships with sevens are like, are you never happy? Am I not good enough? Because you always seem to want more, but talk to me about how it has more to do with you and not the other person or a situation. Like it is like, we're at a party. We have a glass of wine. I'm only going to have two glasses of wine, but I'm having fun and I want more. Like, it's like, everything. More shoes. Let me tell you, more shoes do not make you happier, especially when you're going to (laughs) move. More shoes means more credit card bills. (laughs) (laughs) The downside. Oh, you have to think of the downside too. Oh, I don't want to think about that. (laughs) 
Well, and that can be, you know, irritating for people too, because it's like, hey, you said you're going to be here at nine, or you said we we would only stay for an hour, especially if it's a, if you're with somebody who's introverted. It's like, okay, I'm going to put up with this for an hour, but in the moment, you're like, but I was having so much fun. I don't want to leave. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for that person who's introverted to see our perspective, but like for me, it's like, how could you be any other way? And then even if it's something that you're like, I don't want to go do this, then we always end up having fun. We always end up like. There's always the positive side, the happy side, the fun side of whatever it is that we're doing. Like I used to have to network all the time for work. Every single time I was like, I don't want to go. And then every time I got there and I had a lot of fun and I was like, I'm really glad I did that. It was great. Found somebody I knew, did something fun. So we do have like low energy points, I would say, but and I think that comes from saying yes to so many things, you know? Yeah. So I think if someone's in a relationship with a, or a friendship with a Enneagram 7 saying, hey, babe, like, you don't have to do all the things. Like, what can you say no to today? Right. Oh, well, right. you know, <laughs> you know, I live by my Google calendar because squirrel and I will look at a day sometimes and be like, oh my God, I scheduled way too much. But in the time I scheduled it, I was like, of course I can do more. I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be a really long day. Yeah. But that also like makes me feel like I'm getting more done when I have like stacked days, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to get all this stuff done. This is how people live. (laughs) Yes. And then it ends up being, if you do that too much, it's like burnout, right? Because more and more and more and more and more something, a growth point for an Enneagram 7 is, sometimes there can be too much of a good thing. What solid piece of advice would you give to an Enneagram 7 who is maybe, you know, a super, super 7 and doesn't, isn't aware of these growth points yet? What advice would you have for them in terms of a relationship with another person? I mean, communication is always going to be key in any relationship, whether you're a seven or not. But communicating those hard feelings, having the hard conversations is going to be the most important thing you do because you're not going to be on the same page. They're not going to understand where you're coming from or like maybe that's an easy conversation for that person, but you just avoid it. Get it out there. It's worth it. And honestly, you'll get to figure out if this friendship or relationship is worth your time because you have a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things that you want to do. Don't waste time with a situation that's not going to be healthy for you just because there's something to do. Yes. That's super solid advice for an Enneagram 7 because get those negative feelings out of the way, have that difficult conversation and you no longer have to dread it because staying in dread is actually a negative feeling. So have the conversation, check your bank account. You know, you won't have to live in dread anymore. Do these things that you're worried about. Just have that mini confrontation and and practice. So if you had any last advice for anybody who is in a relationship with a seven or, you know, friendship, deep friendship, what would you tell them on how to, how to be in a relationship with a seven? Um, Support their big ideas Don't guilt trip them for wanting to do things, wanting to travel, wanting to go places, wanting to go to events and just, yeah, just support them. And it's okay to like try to get them into that hard conversation too. Like just because they aren't initiating it doesn't mean you can't. Right. Yeah. They might, a seven might not lead the conversation, but they, if coerced in a 
friendly, upbeat way, right? And the same thing with, you know, their big ideas. If you're, if you are trying to rain in that glittery cloud, like, hey, come back to earth a little bit, do it in this positive, upbeat way where it's not just like, this is bad. This is bad. This is not going to work. You're doing this because we like that positive outlook. So give us that, like, this is not going to be that bad. And then kind of gently go into it. So I think those are really great advice for an Enneagram 7 and for somebody who is in a relationship with the 7. So once again, thank you for coming on the show. We get to live out our dreams of being on a podcast together. (laughs) Always fun. That wraps up how to get along with an Enneagram 7. I hope it was helpful and gave you some insight into the mind of somebody who you love. Be sure to send it to your favorite Enneagram 7 or to someone who you know is in a close relationship with one. And if you loved today's episode, please follow, subscribe, leave a review. It really does help the show grow so much and allows me to continue to get awesome guests and episodes out for you. And of course, if I can leave you with just one thing, it is this. Expect good things always and they will happen. 